Chapter Three of the Rover Boys on the Ocean. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Robert Hoffman. The Rover Boys on the Ocean by Edward Stratemeyer. Chapter Three. Josiah Crabtree frees his mind. The individual to whom Tom referred had been a former master at Putnam Hall but his disagreeable ways had led to his dismissal by Captain Putman. Josiah Crabtree was a tall, slim individual, with a sharp face and a very long nose. During the past term at Putnam Hall he had been very dictatorial to the Rover Boys, and it must be confessed that they had made life anything but a bed of roses for him. Crabtree had been very desirous of marrying a certain widow by the name of Stanhope, but the marriage was opposed by Dora, the widow's daughter, and as Dick was rather sweet on Dora, he had done all he could to aid the girl in breaking off the match, even going so far as to send Crabtree a bogus letter which had taken the teacher out to Chicago on a hunt for a position in a private college that had never existed. Dick knew that Crabtree was comparatively poor, and wished to marry the widow so that he could get his hands on the fortune which the lady held in trust for her only child. "'It is Crabtree,' said Dick, as he gave a look. "'I wonder how he liked his trip to Chicago,' laughed Sam. "'Perhaps the Midwest National College didn't suit his lofty ideas.' "'Hush! Don't let him hear you talk of that,' returned Dick. "'He might get us into trouble.' "'What kind of soup, sir?' interrupted the waiter. And then they broke off to give their order, and the waiter hurried off to fill it. "'I'd like to know if he has been around the Stanhope Cottage again,' mused Dick, as he sipped his soup. "'Dick can't bear to think of anybody around Dora,' laughed Tom. "'I don't want him around,' retorted the elder rover, growing red in the face. "'He wants the Stanhope's money, and that's all he does want. "'I don't believe he really loves Mrs. Stanhope. "'But why does she encourage him?' came from Sam. "'Why don't she send him about his business?' Oh, she is sickly, as you know, and he seems to have a peculiar hypnotic influence over her. At least that's what Dora thinks. What are you laughing at, Tom? I, I was thinking of the time we put the crabs in old Crabtree's bed, answered the younger brother. No, you weren't. Well, demanded Tom, as Dick paused. You were laughing because I mentioned Dora, and, upon my honor, I wasn't, smiled Tom, but his look belied his words. You were. If I mention her cousins, Grace and Nellie Lanning, I guess the laugh will be on you and Sam. We'll call it quits, answered Tom hurriedly. They're all nice girls, eh, Sam? To be sure. But I say, hadn't we best keep out of old Crabtree's way? I don't know as it's necessary, said Dick. I'm not afraid of him, I'm sure. Oh, neither am I, if you're going to put it that way, answered the youngest rover. If he's stopping here, I'm going to have some fun with him, grinned Tom. The evening meal was soon finished, and the boys took a stroll around the grounds. They were just on the point of retiring when Dick drew his brother's attention to a figure that was stealing through a nearby grove of trees. "'There goes Crabtree!' "'I wonder where he's going,' mused Sam. "'Where does that path lead to?' "'Down to the river,' came from Tom, and then he added suddenly, "'Come, let us follow him.' "'What's the good?' grumbled Dick. "'I'm tired out.' there may be some chance for fun. Come on! And thus urged, Dick and Sam followed their fun-loving brother. 
the path through the grove ran directly to the cliff overlooking the hudson at a point where a series of stone steps led up from the water's edge as they gained a spot where they could look down upon the river dick uttered a short cry look boys a yacht he said pointing through the moonlight i'll wager it is the falcon and mumps is coming to meet josiah crabtree put in sam but what would he want to see crabtree about demanded tom that remains to be seen remember at putnam hall the only friends josiah crabtree had were dan baxter and mumps that is true dick see crabtree has his handkerchief out and is waving it as a signal and here comes somebody up the steps mumps sure enough whispered sam let us get behind the trees and learn what is going on came from dick and the three brothers lost no time in secreting themselves in the immediate vicinity well john i've been waiting for you said josiah crabtree as mumps came forward and the two shook hands so i have been waiting for you returned the former sneak of putnam hall why didn't you come yesterday it was impossible to do so my lad is that the falcon down there it is who is in charge of her a sailor named bill goss is he uh, <coughs> a man to be trusted i guess i can trust him snickered mumps if he dared to give me away i could send him to jail you mean that you uh, have him <coughs> in your power that's it mr crabtree very good and is he a good sailor as good as any on the river then he can sail the yacht down the river without mishap he can take her to florida if you wish to go that far no i don't want to go that far at least not at present don't you think you ought to let me in on your little game went on mumps earnestly so far i'm in the dark you will know all very soon john and you shall be well paid for what you do that's all right but if it isn't lawful i will protect you never fear where is dan baxter hush it will be best not to mention his name my lad but where is he i cannot say exactly is he around lake cayuga well <clears throat> more than likely he is to tell the truth he is very anxious to see his father to bone him for some more money i think not daniel thinks a great deal of his parent and when mr baxter was so seriously injured dan didn't care much for that he isn't that kind daniel is a better boy than you think john he loves his parent and when that imp of a rover got mr baxter into trouble daniel was very much exercised over it gracious but that's rich murmured dick i got him into trouble i guess the rascal did that for himself well we won't talk about that professor went on mumps you didn't stay in chicago long no i uh <laughs> the position offered to me did not suit my views so i declined it gee christopher came from tom and each of the rovers could scarcely keep from laughing i think those rover boys put up a job on you said mumps at least i got an inkling that way indeed i would like to wring their necks the imps burst out josiah crabtree oh what have i not suffered at their hands at one hotel where i stopped they placed live crabs but let that pass the subject is too painful to come back to the point i can have the falcon at any time that i may need her yes and you will promise to say nothing to a soul about what is done on the trip i propose i will very good you see this is a delicate matter are you going to marry mrs stanhope and use the yacht for your honeymoon said mumps somewhat slyly 
Hardly, although that would not be a bad idea, my lad. But now I have a different deal on hand, something very much different. If you do not object, I'll take a look at your yacht and interview this sailor you mention. All right, come ahead. Mumps led the way down the rocky steps, and Josiah Crabtree followed, moving slowly that he might not fall. Creeping to the edge of the cliff, the rover boys saw their pair reach the falcon and go on board. "'Now what is in the wind?' said Dick, as soon as the pair were out of hearing. "'That's a conundrum,' replied Tom. "'I'll wager one thing, though. Old Crabtree is up to no good.' "'I believe you are right. I wish we could hear the rest of what is going on.' "'Can't we get close to the yacht?' suggested Sam. "'See, the sky is clouding over. I don't believe they will see us going down the stairs.' They talked the plan over for a moment then began to descend the steps, keeping as low as possible and close to some brush which grew up in the crevices of the stones. Soon the river bank was gained at a point not over fifty feet from where the yacht lay. They halted behind a large stone close to the water's edge. By straining their eyes in the darkness they saw Mumps, Crabtree, and Bill Goss in earnest conversation in the stern of the vessel. A low murmur came to their ears, but not a word could be understood. "'We must get closer,' was Dick's comment, when, to the surprise of all, they saw the sailor hoist the mainsail of the falcon. A gentle breeze was blowing, and soon the yacht was leaving the shore. They watched the craft until the gathering darkness hid her entirely from view. End of chapter 3 Recording by Robert Hoffman